1: to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 3. Greetings and welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. It is an open line Friday. I'm happy to have you with me. Uh, If you text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get the live stream, the podcast, the show notes, and all my social media links. Follow me around. I don't know what I'm cooking this weekend, but I'm cooking something. I want to talk to you about the man who was killed in Utah. It's, I mean, it is a tragedy. Craig Robertson in Provo. Um, If you haven't heard, the FBI went to his home. Now, here's the problem. I have to caveat this to begin with, with I don't know that we can take everything at face value. Remember, um, Christopher Wray, the FBI director, went to Congress just a couple of weeks ago, was asked about uh, the FBI having blacklisted Catholics and they were investigating uh, traditional Catholics who like the Latin mass, that uh, suspicious that they might be some sort of right-wing terror group traditional Catholics who like the Latin Mass. And Christopher Ray said those people have been disciplined. It was only one FBI office. And it, was, it was taken care of it. It turns out it was actually multiple FBI offices. Uh, the FBI has, well, they haven't exactly earned their trust lately. And so we are told they went to Mr. Robert Robertson's home In the morning, they had a warrant. They ordered him out of the house. He did not come out of the house. They went in, he was shot and killed. He's a 75 year old morbidly obese man of limited mobility. Now he's not that sympathetic of a figure. Some people are trying to make him a martyr. He's been under FBI surveillance for several months for making violent threats on social media against Biden and other Democrats. Joe Biden headed to Utah uh, that day. On Monday, he went on uh, a social media account and said, or wrote, I hear Biden is coming to Utah, digging out my old ghillie suit and cleaning the dust off the M24 sniper rifle Welcome buffoon in chief. His bio, and I think this is on truth social. I don't think it's Twitter. I think it's truth social, was he's an advocate and owner of mini AR rifles like me. The difference between Mr. Robertson and me is I haven't taken to social media to say, I'm going to kill the president of the United States. Listen, uh, I, I I I do have trouble being sympathetic to a man who is dumb enough to get on social media and say, the president's coming, I'm getting out my ghillie suit and sniper rifle. What the hell do you think is going to happen, buddy? Have you not heard the stories about the Secret Service? They're going to show up. And I... I am loathe, I abhor the idea of Monday morning quarterbacking law enforcement like so many people do. Well, if I was in this situation, here's what I would do. I would just wait for him to come out of his house, and he's in limited mobility. I would tackle him in his his jazzy scooter. You weren't there, and I wasn't there. I'm not going to second guess Necessarily what they did, but here's the problem, and this is actually where I want to focus on is, is given the FBI reputation of the past number of years and not just not 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 just the political stuff, the Larry Nassar investigation, so many other investigations. They have a trust gap. How do we know it's true? As I understand it, he was in fact a seventy-five-year-old overweight man with limited mobility, according to his neighbors. Limited mobility really doesn't matter when you have the AR-15 in your lap. They had a warrant. He told them that the uh, Robertson told them that he would be armed if they showed up, if the reporting is right. He was reportedly armed when agents arrived on his porch. He reportedly made threats to FBI agents that he would use his guns against them if they showed up. It sounds like the man had a death wish. Sounds like he did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, listen. Maybe there was a way, and and I, I see emails coming in, and I've got a text message from a buddy list and saying, "Had they, he was old and infirmed. Had they just waited for him to come outside or something? They could have, but I, he gets in a vehicle. You can't see that he's got a gun in his lap." I mean, this is a man, just for perspective here, just so everybody's on the same page here, this is a man who, despite what you and I both know, if I were to give you a monologue talk about how I wanted to kill the president and how I would do it if I got close enough, this secret, not only would I lose my job, the Secret Service would show up and investigate me, if not arrest me. This is something that every single one of you knows. You do not publicly make threats to murder the president of the United States. You're an idiot if you do. You're inviting trouble on yourself if you do. And this man said he was going to dust off his sniper rifle and put on his ghillie suit and kill the president of the United States. What did he think was going to happen? And then he begins to taunt the FBI agents, if you come for me, I'm going to use my guns on you. And he's armed when they show up. As far as we know, and that's the problem here, is if we take it at face value, yes, this man's no martyr. He had a death wish. He was asking for it and probably did provoke him. Who cares that he's 75 and infirm? I could be 75 and infirmed and lay an AR across my lap and still maneuver pretty quickly and shoot somebody if I wanted to, particularly if I regularly shot, as this guy apparently did. The problem here is that we just don't know that we can take the FBI at their word anymore. Let me read this to you from the Associated Press. This is how they cover it. An armed Utah man accused of making violent threats against President Joe Biden was shot and killed by FBI agents hours before the president landed in the state Wednesday, authorities said. Special agents were trying to serve a warrant on the home of Craig DeLeu Robertson in Provo, south of Salt Lake City, when the shooting happened at 6.15 a.m. Robertson was armed at the time of the shooting, according to two law enforcement Uh, sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Robertson posted online Monday he heard Biden was coming to Utah and was planning to dig out a camouflage suit and begin cleaning the dust off an M24 sniper rifle, a post that came after months of graphic online threats against several public figures, according to court documents. Robertson referred to himself as a MAGA Trumper, a reference to former President Donald Trump's Make America Great Again slogan, and also posted threats against top law enforcement officials overseeing court cases against Trump. Neighbors described Robertson as a frail, elderly man. His online profile put his age at 74, who walked with the aid of a hand-carved stick, though he regularly carried guns. They said they didn't see him as a threat. There's no way that he was driving from here to Salt Lake City, setting up a rifle and taking a shot at the president. 100% no way, said Andrew Maunder, a neighbor outside a church across from Robertson Street. Robertson's post indicated he did appear to own a long-range sniper rifle and numerous other weapons, as well as camouflage gear known as a ghillie suit, investigators said. Robertson was charged under seal Tuesday with three felony counts, including making threats against the president and against FBI agents investigating him. Robertson also referenced a presidential assassination and also posted threats against Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, and New York Attorney General Letitia James. The time is right for a presidential assassination or two. First Joe, then Kamala. Authorities say Robertson wrote in a September 2022 Facebook post included in the filing. Andrew McCabe, the former FBI agent, was on CNN. Though, listen to this.
0: I, I expect it was. There, you, what you see here is like a consistent pattern of escalation. You know, the, I think the the experience of sending the agents out to his house is particularly instructive, right? They go out there just to talk to him, to get a sense of this guy, to find out is he really planning something or is this all bluster when they get in front of him, Is he going to back off from it and say, hey, I was just kidding around. I was trying to look tough to my friends on the Internet, that sort of thing. No, that's not what happens. He essentially refuses to talk to them. He, he uh, tells them they need to get a warrant. And then he begins taunting the agents with multiple postings on social media, telling them that he almost shot them that day, that he was loading his gun for the next time they came out to his house. So this escalation really tops off when now you start talking about a threat to the president of the United States. That's it. They could not let this go on any further without taking this guy into custody. They had things they could charge him with. They needed to execute that warrant just to take him uh, to neutralize the threat. To neutralize the threat. Listen,
1: again, if you're on social media saying you're going to assassinate the president, which he did multiple times, calling for a presidential assassination threatening making death threats against attorneys investigating Donald Trump and then taunting FBI agents saying how you could have killed them and almost did kill them and others. The dude was unstable, clearly. But having Andrew McCabe on CNN defending them, given his record, having the FBI say what they're saying, there's just too much doubt about the FBI right now. They've got to clean themselves up. I, My gut is the agents were solid here. Yeah, I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback and say they just could have kept an eye on the house and waited for him to come back, come out and all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't do that police with police officers. I'm not going to do that with them and try to Monday morning quarterback and say, well, if I was in their position, I would do it completely differently. And here's how I would do it to make myself sound so upstanding to all of you. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say. There's a lot of distrust of the FBI these days. And that breach of trust with the FBI, and not just for Trump stuff or Biden stuff, but for so much stuff from Larry Nassar and the like, from investigating Catholic families and the like, they have really got to work to reearn the trust of the American public so people can just believe them and not you let conspiracy theorists make this sort of guy a martyr. The man seemingly had a death wish and got what he wanted. But in years past, you, me, and so many other people would have rushed out and immediately taken the FBI's word for it and that it went exactly as they said. And these days, you just can't really trust the FBI is on the up and up anymore. And I I want to believe they are in this case. My gut is, given this guy's record, yeah, they were taking their lives in their hands by approaching this guy inside his house. He didn't want to come out, was armed when they got there, uh, and they did what they had to do. It's part of their job, but... Uh, What is truth anymore when you're dealing with the FBI? That's the problem, is you just don't know, given how badly they have breached their trust with the American public. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance. Thanks to The Sensibles and at bcs-kids.com. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensible's kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Welcome back. Ashley Moody, the attorney general for the state of Florida is going to join me after the bottom of the hour break. And if you would text donate to 33777, I'll send you back a link to the Hawaiian Salvation Army. If you have any interest in helping the the people out of Maui, it's just a tragedy. Now, uh, the death toll right now, 55, it's expected to grow. Uh, I, somebody sent me a link earlier that 90 over 90% of the wildfires on that Island are set either by arsonists or by accidental electrical sparkings, which is something. Um, just just a, a tragic situation. Now, um, this story, the, the IRS is able to locate millions of tax records. A watchdog group says the IRS lost a millions of sensitive individual and business tax records that should have been transferred from a closed agency facility in California, and is also unable to locate thousands of records that were stored at a facility in Utah. As part of a review of the IRS's mandatory storage of old tax records and microfilm backup cartridges, the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration said in a report released Thursday, it found significant deficiencies in safeguarding and accounting for millions of tax records that contain sensitive taxpayer information. You know and I know, the IRS's response is going to be, well, give us more money. Because that's what it always is. Give us more money. You know, and I know, if we did something like this, the IRS would have no mercy on us. Time and time again. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who says he's got a tax bill. He's supposed to owe some money to the IRS. Can't get anybody at all from the IRS to, to help him figure it out. Um, he, he got a it was a non-certified letter, he said, and um, they said not to worry about it. They, they, they knew he owed something within a range and they wanted to put him on notice uh, getting prepared for the bill. He's never gotten a bill. Doesn't know what it is. Doesn't know how much he owes. Um, it's been over a year now and he can't get anybody from the IRS. I was just like, you know, and then if you decide to take a year and say, ah, yeah, I'll get back to it in a year. Let me—no res- no mercy at all from them, and yet they want us to be understanding. And again, this—it's like the FBI situation with Robertson out of Utah. You just can't take these agencies within the federal government anymore as being truthful and honest with you. You used to be able to. There was a time in this country's history where you generally could, but at this point you can't. Uh, these bureaucracies are all about protecting their fiefdoms and their agendas internally and otherwise, They tend to be politically oriented to the left, and I just, I I don't trust any of them. I really don't trust any of them. And that's sad, because we should be able to trust um, the non-political portions of our government to tell us what's going on, but you can't anymore. Seems quaint that at one point people thought they could, and I do generally believe you could, but uh, the left is so partisan and weaponized the bureaucrats and bureaucracy of the federal government, They're just kind of an arm of the Democratic Party themselves these days in so many cases. And that's sad. Now, I want to tell you guys about a really cool offer from Swiss America. I'm so happy to have them here. Uh, A lot of you are wondering, it's just an easy step to get into precious metals. And there's a great one. And it's $13.50. $13.50. Swiss America, it's offering uh, my listeners walking liberty half dollars. $13.50 $13.50 each delivered. You can get up to 250 of them per order. And they really are. I've got mine. I love it. So I've got a. I've got a half dollar. But I was gifted a dollar one a while back. And it, it's ridiculous because it costs so much to actually make the dollar, the silver dollar. Um, and it, it's like 80 bucks to buy one. And it's technically the face value of it. It's a dollar. But they're great because, I mean, they're pure silver and they're great investment opportunity for you swiss america has them to get them all you have to do is call them at 800-289-2646 800-289-2646 you can also text them at 800-289-2646 tell them you're coming because of me and you get this great deal a walking liberty half dollar for 13.50 dollars 50 each delivered limited 250 coins per customer while supplies last You can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric as well. SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Mention Eric when you call or text 800-289-2646. Take advantage of this. Message and data rates may apply. Or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Get your own Walking Liberty half dollar. See it for yourself. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well... You may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want... US based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They could cost 80 grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, BAM, B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. It is Eric Erickson here, coast to coast, now all the way down the coast of Florida on WFTL as well as Orlando and Jacksonville and... The governor of Florida making news right now. I just got the text message. Uh, He becomes the first of the presidential candidates to organize all 99 counties in Iowa. That is, he's got a campaign chair committed to his cause in each of the 99 counties in Iowa, but the first of the 2024 candidates to get this done. Uh, He also made big news yesterday. uh, Removing from office a progressive state attorney, in the state of florida msnbc went into complete meltdown mode yesterday the state attorney oddly held a very combative press conference declaring him a dictator and gave the antifa fist in the air at the end of her press conference which kind of tells you right there everything you need to know but to tell us more i just so happen to have on the phone the attorney general of the state of florida ashley moody joins me now it's rare for me to twice in two weeks have people on who are graduates of the University of Florida, but I am I'm putting that aside. <laughs> well, go Gators. Let's
2: just start by saying that.
1: Yes, but also Stetson. Okay, first of all, I, I got to say, so having gone to law school, you went the extra step and got the LLM at Stetson in their international program, which is no easy feat. So good for you.
2: I did. You know, international law continues to uh, fascinate me, you know, how... Countries uh, decide what law is 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 really unique uh, and has a, a longstanding, interesting history. So uh, well, we could ho- so, do a whole program on that. But I'm yeah, okay, so on one Western day we Western could.
1: I'll just tell you that. So I grew up overseas, and I, I'm fascinated by international law, but I took one semester of European Union law. And I was like, nope, I'm done. I don't want to do anything about this.
2: <laughs> you know, it encompasses everything from, you know, the commercial civil side of things, you know, dealing with a with a global economy, but, it, but also, you know, how do we um, pursue criminal matters? I mean, it's a really interesting concept. You know, we should be really theory of that sometimes because, you know, we expose our own folks to being criminally prosecuted. And some of these national groups, um, as you know, are becoming more and more uh, anti-U.S. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's it's an interesting field of law and one that is ever changing from civil to law of war. And it will always be fascinating to people who are trying to lead uh, in this nation of ours, yeah,
1: that's true. Oh, okay, so let, let's let's pivot here to uh, Monica Worrell, Orlando State Attorney. I'm I'm on now. They're listening to us uh, live on WDBO in Orlando. Uh, removed from office, suspended, I guess I should say, uh, by the governor yesterday. What prompted the suspension?
2: You know, th- this state attorney is emblematic of what is happening around the country. In fact. If you look at some of the social media descriptions that she puts out, her first thing she puts out is an agenda to, you know, revamp and totally undo the system before she puts that she's a prosecutor. And so, you know, you're seeing the effects of this all over the nation. And we and we started seeing this particularly in the Ninth Circuit where cases were not being prosecuted. In fact, she has the highest dismissal rate of any prosecutor in our state. Uh, We have 20 state attorneys, 20 different circuits, and her dismissal of charges was almost half of the cases that law enforcement was bringing to her. So think about that. They are going after the bad guys, in many instances, risking their lives in doing so. And when the cases are brought forth to what has always been historically been a partner in law enforcement, which is the top prosecutor in a circuit, she's dismissing almost half of those cases which is well beyond well beyond what even the other uh, let's say democratic or same party state attorneys within our state so you know i thought it's very important to point out to people because you know the response is going to be oh this is in some way political well the numbers speak for themselves you know if you compare the numbers and see how she's dismissing charges Uh, not not following up on juvenile cases, even violent charges. Um, It's it's really scary time for that circuit. And so, you know, you have to have a person that has the trust of law enforcement that they'll take the baton and carry it through the finish line, make sure dangerous people are separated from the community. That's what keeps us stable and safe. And so, uh, you know, I I charge and, and and challenge anybody, any reporter, any person questioning this to read the executive order and look at the statistics.
1: Well, and, and so for a perspective here, and I'm, I'm looking at the Neighborhood Scout website so people understand this, as of 2022, uh, the, the crime index for Orlando is you're only safer than 4% of U.S. households. For So for, a, if you want a super safe neighborhood, you'd want a f- 100 on the score. This is 4, and, and according to this independent site, uh, you are, your chances of being a victim of a violent crime in Orlando is 1 in 121 people, which is much higher than the state of Florida overall. And your chances of becoming a victim of a property crime is 1 in 28 homeowners in, in Orlando, uh, and it's skyrocketed over the past number of years. It, 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 I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does seem there's this correlation between a, a willful failure to prosecute crimes and a rise in crime.
2: So there's this misunderstanding and folks that want to uh, continuously improve our justice system. I am one of them. I mean, every American should want to continue to improve the institutions that we have. That should be our ideal. We should always work towards that. But there's this kind of, I would say, this this almost campaign to um, mislead the American public that that means in some way you just let Everybody out of jail or prison, meaning where you're seeing the real problems, like in the Ninth Circuit, Chicago, New York, Portland, Los Angeles, the real problems become where you get somebody that's elected that is to the state attorney or DA position that says, I want to protect the community and be your top prosecutor. And then the minute they get in, they stop, they start letting out repeat and violent offenders pre-trial, meaning on bail. So it's like a revolving door and then they start undercharging or no filing charges, meaning then there's no way the court can hold someone accountable to the extent they should be held accountable. And there's been this confusion that in some way allowing a prosecutor to exercise discretion means allowing them to abdicate responsibility. I mean, that can't be the case and it can't be the case that improving our system means that offenders violent and repeat offenders get out of jail to continuously victimize people that can't be what it means to improve our system so i'm all on board i mean let's talk about what we can do better not just in the criminal justice system let's talk what we can do better in in government as a whole how can we save money how can we stop spending you know in a superfluous way but let's let's Talk about what consequences are from our decisions, and think long term and strategically. And that's where these folks are getting it wrong. And it's a big scam, really, on the American public. What I love about Governor DeSantis is he does not walk by a problem. He digs in, he examines it, he looks at the data, and then he takes action. If it's the right thing to do, he takes action. He doesn't get, you know, distracted by what people might say, or if they, you know, might call him names, or say that he has some. You know, agenda or whatever, if it's the right thing to do to protect Florida and make sure that we're a law and order state, a safe state, he's going to do it.
1: And this is the second time now he's removed uh, one of these Aggressive, I guess Soros-funded prosecutors. And this is a problem. You know, I, I'm up in Georgia, uh, in Atlanta, and we have this problem here as well. And, and our state constitution is structured differently. So our governor can't unilaterally suspend these people. So the state legislature has now set up a, a committee to review some of these. And the the district attorneys in Georgia are fighting this new law because they're they're scared of being removed, and there just seems to be this desire to not be held accountable when crime's going up. The police are arresting people, and the district attorneys or the state's attorneys are saying, "Yeah, we're not going to prosecute these guys. We're just going to let them out." And where do the pub where do the public go to get safe again?
2: And you know this this phenomenon of having people at the helm of a jurisdiction criminal justice pursuit, that their first poli- their first agenda is not protecting their public. Their first agenda lies elsewhere. Uh, and you're seeing that all over from Gascon to Bragg in New York. I mean, it, it's really frightening. And I think the public is finally paying attention and understanding that there are people out there running to try and be your top prosecutor or DA. And they're going to have a better relationship with the criminals and defendants defense counsel than they will with other law enforcement agencies or other prosecutors. I mean, that was just the reality of what was taking place in the Ninth Circuit. Law enforcement was continuously frustrated because such a small number of their cases were being prosecuted to the extent that they should, as the law required. And that just cannot sustain a safe community when you don't have people on the same page in terms of safety and following the law. This is a new phenomenon and you're seeing the experiment play out and the results of that all over the nation. Again, it's not going to happen here in the ninth circuit. You have to, you know, the governor, to the extent he is getting criticism for this, he really did not have a choice. He is charged by our constitution to ensure that the laws are faithfully executed Mm -hmm. and that the public officials in these roles are doing their jobs. And when you're presented with the facts and the, and, and the stats from this circuit and the positions and the policies, the practices that she had implemented, the frustration of law enforcement, the, the tragic crimes and death and um, victimization that had taken place. You know, I don't know that he could have waited any longer time. You know, he needed to take uh, steps. I think he knew that. And, I, you know, he did right by the law abiding citizens of that circuit.
1: Well, and and listen, I, I, before you get off here, and for those of you who are wondering, this is uh, the Attorney General Ashley Moody of the state of Florida, and you were also an Assistant U.S. Attorney, and you were a judge in Florida before you became Attorney General. So this is you, you've kind of seen this from the bench and and from a position of the U.S. Attorney, and now Attorney General for the state. The the issues of when prosecutors don't want to prosecute, what happens?
2: Right, and the danger and the affects as a result of that, you know. You need people that want to um, ensure that our our system is operating the way that it was set up to operate. It's an adversarial system. You have a state attorney that prosecutes cases on behalf of victims. You have a defense attorney that represents the interests of the defendant. Uh, And and in that truth, we reach the truth and there is accountability uh, both to the the state and to the citizens of the state. And where that breaks down, it really does cause instability, chaos, you know, the rule of law and the separation of powers, meaning the executive does what what they need to do and enforce the law, the lawmakers create the law, the legislators, and the judiciary carries out and and implements those. You know, it's um, if that breaks down, and that's really what you have here, you have a top executive in a jurisdiction, a prosecutor. Not doing their job, trying to do the job of a legislator of deciding what the law should be as opposed to what the law is and what they're charged with enforcing. It really creates instability, and I believe it's adherence to the separation of powers and doing the jobs that, that, that we have sworn to do as elected officials that that keeps this country and keeps the great state of Florida on a trajectory of success. It has worked for Over 200 years now, our country has has moved forward uh, in a way that has has aimed to protect the rights of people and have a very limited government. And, you know, it's done that by this delicate balance of people staying in their lanes and doing their jobs. Uh, Well, look, I'm that. So I'm glad that it happened.
1: Glad the governor took steps here good for him and his leadership and for you as well listen uh it, it's great to talk to you I, I've, I've got a break here but it's thank you very much for stepping by and stopping by and explaining this i really do appreciate it
2: great to be with you
1: thank you ashley moody the attorney general for the state of florida uh governor ron desantis removing the ninth circuit uh, state attorney in florida Uh, Ms. Worrells, who came out and gave the Antifa salute and called him an authoritarian for doing it, but he, the governor of the state of Florida, just so happens to have the power to do it, so he did it. Uh, The Orlando area, better off. Their their crime has trended down in Orlando over the last couple of years, but it's still much higher than the state as a whole, including uh, proportionally. Looking at some of the other metropolitan areas in the state, in the last couple of years, they've seen a spike uh, that other areas without these aggressive left-wing prosecutors haven't seen. So, the governor of Florida keeping the people of Orlando safe, thanks to the Attorney General Ashley Moody for stopping by. We'll be back. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Bo Snurdly, yes, that Bo Snurdly just sent me this. This is fantastic. Uh, A man and his family ditched their $115,000 electric vehicle during a family road trip in July, switching to a gas-powered rental vehicle after being unable to charge the truck, according to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Dalbir Bala left his 2023 Ford F-150 Lightning in Minnesota after being unable to charge the EV at two separate charging stations along the way on his family road trip from LaSalle, Manitoba, to Wisconsin-Dells, Wisconsin, according to uh, Canadian Broadcasting. Bala had planned his route to stop at charging stations to accommodate the 320-mile range limit the vehicle had for its battery. That's when we decided we don't want any more distraction or frustration. Electric vehicle, new technology, impressed with it. That's what made made me buy it. But when he tried to charge the vehicle at Albertville, Minnesota, he was met with a faulty connection message when he plugged it into the charging station. He called the number on the charger following the error message, but nobody responded. Following his inability to charge at a previous stop, he drove to a charging station in Elk River, Minnesota, but wasn't able to charge there either. He was only left with nine miles of remaining battery, which wasn't enough to reach another charging station, prompting him to have the vehicle towed to a nearby Ford dealership, and he rented a Toyota 4Runner gas-powered to finish the drive. Oh. Oh. Um. The, now the the um, co- the cooperative electric association in the area says that other people were able to use the chargers. Ford um, looks like it might be a problem with his F one fifty. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Now I have to say something. This is a, a attention to everyone. Evelyn Erickson is listening to the program. <laughs> So my kid is on her way back from a, they went whitewater rafting. This is the start of her senior year. This is the first Friday. She's already had to go to the doctor for sinus infection. My goodness. So one week into school. Uh, but they she wasn't going to miss the the whitewater rafting in Columbus, Georgia today. And now they're on their way back to the school. And she says she's listening to me uh, in the bus on the way back with her friends. So now she's a big deal, I guess, because she just got a shout out on national radio. Oh, I don't know. Are the ego's already big enough? I, I don't know what's gonna happen now that I mentioned her on radio. But in any event. Um, all right. Now we gotta move on to other stuff. I, I wanna review and go back to Oh, she says her friends aren't listening. Fine. Wait, wait wait, way to humble me. But um I got to go back to the breaking news of the day. And if you subscribe to the email, if you text DATA to 33777, I'll send it out to you. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed Dave Weiss to be a special counsel to further investigate Hunter Biden. Dave Weiss is now filing in federal court in Delaware that they're going to move the venue of the criminal case against Hunter Biden to California and has now announced in the last few minutes that they are going to take this case to trial and might pursue further charges. The problem here, however, is this is the guy who bungled the case, who said, by the way, who said that he never asked to be special counsel and did not need to be special counsel. So why does he now think he needs to be special counsel? I agree there needs to be one. But how do you go from we don't need a special counsel and I don't need to be one to, oh, I think I do. Let me prosecute this case. Uh, I'm befuddled by that. It just seems like this is another Uh, Biden protection situation. The House Republicans are saying they are going to concurrently continue their investigation of the Bidens because they do not trust that Dave Weiss will be thorough in his investigation. James Comer has released a statement in the last hour saying that the House Oversight Committee will continue their investigation into Hunter and Joe Biden, given their lack of trust in the new special prosecutor to be thorough, given his prior conduct. So That's the situation. As we head into the weekend, there is a special counsel now investigating Hunter Biden. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us.
2: Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have.
1: It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.
2: See what makes Minnesota the star of the North.